This is the 4501 Podcast, episode 42. Jet lag, what is it, and how to beat it. Oh my gosh, so this is like the second time that I've seen this type of uh, lodging or guest house in Japan. They have literally the inside of it is just plywood, laminated like chipped plywood. Um, I don't know. It's a thing here. It's a thing. It looks like a like a <laughs> a slaughterhouse you'd find on a farm, frankly. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, hopefully that's not the case, and I can live the night through. Okay. <laughs> um, well, if you're uh, <laughs> well, if you don't see hear from you, thanks for uh, thanks for uh, joining me on this podcast adventure. Um, in any case, welcome to episode forty two of the forty five one podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about what, Tony? Jet lag. What is jet lag? That's a good question. I think a lot of people think that they know what it is, and they're probably right. (laughs) Um, Jet lag is basically just a disruption to your normal sleep cycle because of traveling across many time zones in a quick period of time. How's that sound? Yeah, and and it's like a feeling, right? Like, it's, it's like a... It's a feeling. It is it's not an actual like disease. It's funny you say that because Mayo Clinic has it considers it a disorder. They call it jet lag disorder. Isn't that weird? Oh wow. I didn't know that. That's pretty interesting. I always thought it was just like a like a, you know, I don't I, I didn't think it was a disease or a disorder. Oh, I don't think I think a disease is different from a disorder, but it's funny because they have it categorized under diseases and conditions. Jet lag disorder. It's wild. Yeah, that is. Okay. Well, today we're going to be talking about like the causes, I guess the causes of jet lag and um, what you could do to kind of prevent getting jet lag. Uh, let's talk about our jet lag experiences. Um, Tony, you go. Do you, have you ever had a truly terrible jet lag experience? Absolutely. The, the worst for me was going from US to Sydney, Australia. And I even it's weird because I even had a layover in Hawaii, which is like getting me pretty much halfway there. But it ended up being the biggest jet lag in my life. Maybe that maybe that's a reason that it was so bad was because I split it up. Like unless I was just would have like tackled it in one trip uh, instead of laying over in Hawaii, maybe it would have been better. I don't know. Thoughts on that? Oh, well, I'll get into mine, but like, what did you experience? Like, what were your, uh, oh, your symptoms? Good call. Yeah, I didn't really describe it too well. Um, it was when I got there, which was, I think, in the morning or like before noon, I was already like exhausted and tired. And all I wanted to do was go to bed. So uh, I knew, and we'll talk about this later, but I knew one of the tricks to beating jet lag was to stay up until bedtime like local bedtime and uh, I did my best to do that but I ended up going to bed like probably like four or five in the afternoon evening and because of that my sleep cycle was off for like the next four or five days I would be waking up at three four five six in the morning which is okay like I got day started but you know it's just annoying right because you want to like be on the regular proper sleep schedule in your destination city okay gotcha yeah um, and so <laughs> oddly enough, I think I've told you this before. My worst case of jet lag was going to Sydney also. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But I didn't have a connection. Uh, so it was, this is back in high school. So I went New York, LA layover for like a few hours and then LA to Sydney. Whoa. And, uh, it was bad. 
like basically we had a so so the way we booked our travel was that we left new york on whatever day i don't remember um and then when we got there we had to go to a wedding and so like basically uh you got on the plane uh i don't even remember if i slept on the plane i don't think i slept that often on the plane to be honest uh and we got there and there's a wedding <laughs> and like immediately you go from the airport to the house house get changed shower everything go to a wedding and then go to a wedding reception and it was terrible <laughs> it sounds terrible um, oh my gosh it was terrible like so my <laughs> jet lag was really like i could not like stay awake um <laughs> i just felt gross i had a headache um i just didn't feel well and so we were at the reception and i was like uh i was just like trying to find a place to sleep oh <laughs> in God. the reception to be honest because <laughs> i was feeling that bad sounds like a um, hell of a wedding it was it was an interesting wedding um <laughs> no i wasn't and i was underage too so i can oh i don't actually i don't even know is drinking age 18 in australia or is it 21 it's a good question i'm not sure i feel like well, u.s is there the, i feel like the united states is the only one with 21 years old everybody's typically before that right i, I don't know i guess so but anyway so i don't remember for i probably was of age i think it is 18 because i didn't drink when i was there um but anyway, so like I was just, I felt terrible. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. I just felt really tired and I was like literally trying to fall asleep and I couldn't, uh, cause it was so loud. Um, but I fell asleep and the next day, honestly, I, I came back to life and I felt fine. Like I wasn't sick or anything. It was just literally what you said. It's, I guess it is a conditional disorder where you, it's kind of transient. It happens and you, kind of just kind of i guess it's true you sleep it off for the most part mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then you um i don't know you get better yeah and so uh that was my worst experience and that's like the most painful experience i've ever had and i, I since then I've, I've gone to china um and i've gone to europe and stuff like that and i've never experienced jet like that bad like even going to china was not bad mm. and i think that's because i slept the whole flight on the i i slept the whole way to china actually yeah because i tried to at least yeah yeah it it's funny that both of us have our worst jet lag experience traveling west right because also in this mayo clinic article it says that symptoms are usually the worst when you travel east now i, I don't i didn't really think about it too much but I guess that makes sense right because when you're traveling west all you really have to do is stay up longer to beat the jet lag but when you're traveling east like to europe from us uh you just i don't know you just get whacked out right like you show up in the middle of the day if you leave at night like I, it's hard to think about it's hard to conceptualize time right especially when what well, I, I think yeah it's hard to i think another thing is that you gotta i think there is a limit right because like if you're going i don't know i never got i've never gotten super jet lag going like from california to to united states or to the united states yeah like california to the east coast was like fine for me right? sure sure um um so i guess it depends on the distance because because going west i mean sydney's what 23 hours ahead of us um yeah no uh well how 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 far ahead of us are they um they're right off through the dateline so yeah it's hard to hard to say i can look it up though yeah and so that's the thing so i think sydney was terrible because a 
you're going, you're essentially losing. I, I think it's, it's how it is now for you. I think they might be maybe like the 14 hours ahead. It's 1230 AM um, in Sydney right now. What time is it in East so coast? 930, 930, 930 AM. AM. Oh my gosh. So you're very close. It was, like 21 hours it's like 20 something hours yeah yeah because yeah. i remember because i remember the new iphone came out when i was in australia and i was like do i buy it in australia or <laughs> you can get it ahead of everyone um, <laughs> yeah I can, I can get ahead of everyone but but i think the the sydney was just bad because you're 23 you're essentially like you know 23 hours ahead also you're in the center, southern hemisphere and so could the lighting be different because it's the like the seasonal change could be different too Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of factors yeah, it was just like i think it's sydney's just like a weird place for us in particular right relative to the u.s northeast for sure yeah because sure. you essentially because you essentially you are going to literally like the opposite because we're in the northeast northeast of america they're in the southern hemisphere so i don't know i could see it conceptually in my mind but it, i don't know if it makes true sense and this is all speculation also right right it's it's again the time thing like it's weird because you say they're they're 21 hours ahead of us but essentially they're on the opposite side of the globe right so at most it could be a 12-hour difference plus or minus yeah so yeah it's just like a weird thing but i I don't think that's the real reason of jet lag i think it's because the plane i was in wasn't very good um and also i didn't i didn't take the proper you know, steps to actively avoid it because I didn't think about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Speaking of the proper steps, there was this Forbes article that literally came out four hours before uh, we started recording this episode, which kind of inspired this episode. And the name of the episode, I'm sorry, the name of the article is called Eight Hacks on How to Beat Jet Lag, Remedies and Cures. And Mark and I want to go through each one of these eight remedies and cures and either like say yes or no, debunk them, talk a little bit about them and see, uh, kind of see if we ever had experience with using some of these hacks. So what do you say we, we get into that list? Let's get out. So so you want to go one by one? Yeah. Let's just start at number one. Okay. All right. So the first one, according to this Forbes article to cure jet lag is hydrate. So drink water. I, um, and they specifically say start hydrating two days prior. Now, I guess if you're normal, typically dehydrated, that's a good idea. But if you're normally hydrated, then just keep doing what you're doing. Like, don't change anything. And I would have to say that this is probably a really good suggestion because isn't, do you know, isn't it something weird about flying or like being in the compressed space that makes you dehydrated? Is that, is that true? Yeah, I think, I think being in, I don't know if it's lower pressure or higher pressure. I don't remember what air, I think you're more in a, in a, in a pressurized vessel. Mm. Okay. Mm. I think the fact like just breathing, you lose a lot more water when you like exhale and stuff like that. Mm. That's so interesting. Um, and so just being in that, um, pressurized box, essentially, if you can think of a plane that way, you just exhale more like uh, water because people don't think about that but that's true yeah and it's like i think like in addition to that the circulated air is uh it's constantly blowing and that kind of like dries out your just your nostrils and your scent like your your mouth too yeah that could be it that could be it too yeah Mm -hmm. it's just like it's your (laughs) you're in a vacuum literally yeah essentially a circulator okay yep um so so do you agree with that i do i think that's a really good tip i would 
yes recommend that how about you i think that's a i think that's a good tip in general though for like living <laughs> i just feel like people like living <laughs> i feel like this is like like oh if you don't want to get sick you know wash your hands before and after every meal like yeah common sense uh, kind of thing it's like this is like a con like i definitely underhydrate 24 7 like i need to drink more water mm-hmm. um but I, I think that's a like a pervasive thing in america where you just don't have um a lot of uh, people just don't drink water they just drink soda all the time yeah terrible idea but that's a different that's a that's a different nutritional like i just think that people in general don't drink enough water 100 percent. I, I think you're right let's move on to number two here and this one kind of like i don't know threw me for a loop i i don't know if i necessarily agree with this but we'll just say it fast so the the author of this article says to intermittent intermittently fast now i've never had a wait wait wait, wait. before we get before we go on yeah i just want to say something about hydration too okay you don't want i would never want to hydrate on a plane because then you'd have to go to the bathroom 24 7 oh. like that's the worst experience on a plane I, yeah 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 you're right i think uh i think that's why they're telling you to like hydrate prior so you're properly um uh, what is it hydrate it <laughs> right pre prehydration yeah just to make sure your body's yeah, like but, the, but the, all right well, well let's not get into the semantics but yeah that's one thing i also that i don't want to pee on the plane <laughs> <laughs> i will say though i agree with you but i will say that getting up every now and then to walk around and like move is a good idea not necessarily okay, to beat yeah. jet lag but just in general to beat deep vein, deep vein thrombosis on a plane. Oh, anyways, good. let's get back to fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just had to throw that in because that was, I, if I don't say it now, we're going to forget it's it. It's necessary. So fasting, yeah. I never did the intermittent fasting thing. I think you did though. Is that right? Yeah, I did. It's pretty easy to do. It's not the hard. You just don't eat for like 12 plus hours or something. What? How does that work? Yeah, so, so basically intermittent fasting is you, there's 24 hours in a day and you take 16 to 18 hours where you don't eat. And it's actually kind of easy if you think about it. So what you do is basically um, you stop eating at, let's say, 8 o'clock. So you have your you have dinner. Make sure it's done by 8. And at 8 o'clock, you don't eat any snacks. After that, you don't eat until noon the next day. Mm-hmm. And that would be like 16, 8. I don't know. What is that? um like how many assuming it's 6 p.m to 12 noon that's 18 hours okay yeah so like yeah so that's i did a 16 hour fast yeah okay um and so basically you just don't eat breakfast right that's what it sounds like you at 12 at noon you just eat yeah okay so um for you and so why do that um basically well a there's a lot of different ideas about like if we call it if mm. in, in the in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, some people say if works because you're you're limiting your calorie intake because you're cutting out a meal. Other people say that like there's a biological change going on that actually is like triggering the starvation um, prevention mechanisms that your body goes through, so you start to lose fat because your body think starts to think you're di- <laughs> not you're dying, you're starving. Mm, okay. Um, there's a whole lot of ideas. Um, and you know people can think whatever they think but i think for me it it did help like i felt better um i didn't eat as much like i could feel my bot my stomach shrinking um did i feel and i felt healthier like it's not like 
it was it not it's not like i felt worse after that but that's that's a again this is getting into a nutrition podcast we shouldn't be doing it, it. really is <laughs> this is supposed this, to be this travel is, this is this is um yeah <laughs> so so if you're looking for a nutrition nutrition podcast uh talk to tony about that <laughs> and um, you this is we're in yeah, this together well, well <laughs> Yeah. Well, okay. So let's get back to fasting. Yeah. So that's what IF is. Yep. Uh, now let's apply. So in general, it's, I understand the concept, but applying it to, um, uh, jet lag, do you think that has any like positive reasons to like apply an intermittent fasting schedule prior to, or during a flight? Yeah. So you don't eat the gross plain food. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. Um, it's not the not the healthiest, tastiest food out there. So basically, yeah, I'm not sure. Well, I'm I'm not sure why IF would work. Uh, do they give a biological reason? Not in the article. I, that's why I was like so concerned about this point about why he's telling you to intermittently fast on a plane. Um, he didn't really give you a good reason to do so. So that's why I was like, mm, I'm gonna say not the best tip after you know reading the article what do you, in final thoughts for you um i don't know i don't know how i feel about this yeah um it's not it's not like a 100 percent yes for you no i mean i, I think there. well no because i eat, i always eat food before the plate because i'm always hungry mm-hmm. like because i know you're not going to get enough food on the plane right during the plane ride yeah i think that's a much better suggestion to eat before getting on the plane like that makes sense the next one we were going to talk about was flesh and light but let's just go to time zone schedule let's go let's skip to that one because this goes hand in hand for me personally um then one of the other hacks or, or to beat jet lag is to adapt to your time zone schedule so basically if you're going to sydney or hawaii or wherever basically once you get in the plane try to adapt to their time zone immediately um so basically if they're it's if it's nighttime in your local zone or the the zone you're traveling to go to sleep on the plane immediately and so if that were like the case for me i'd probably eat like a big meal before going on the plane and then just pass out and try to adapt that way oh, okay so you're kind of like uh anticipating going on the local time schedule as soon as you step on the plane pretty much like you're already adjusting yeah to- or even or even try to do that before um right because i think that's the the trick i think you want to adapt your body and change your body to do that and that being said 23 hours to sydney you can't do that like <laughs> like you literally would flip your schedule yeah you'd have to be nocturnal for a couple days before your flight if you wanted to do that but if you could pull it off all by all means go ahead and do it um yeah so okay so we got hydrate we got fasting we got adapting to your time zones your new time zone schedule that's three tips so far and then you kind of alluded to the fourth one blocking fluorescent light um yep yeah i and i also just want to say that you know last week or two weeks ago you had some issues with some lingering noise in the background and i have that this week because apparently someone's deciding to chainsaw a hole into our street with a um, chainsaw (laughs) well like like not chainsaw but like you know saw some concrete away to get to some pipes in the ground yeah yeah um so if you hear that if you hear that um sorry and if it's distracting sorry we'll try to cut it off as much as possible okay yeah good good we don't like to hear all that background noise although did you did you did you hear my editing for that one podcast with those loud people at the hostel i think you did a pretty good job 
Well, I know nobody I would know otherwise. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Anyways, um, back to fluorescent light. So what is a fluorescent light? Cause I got one shining on me and it looks beautiful right now. Fluorescent. I don't know. Like there's fluorescent incandescent led. What's the difference? I think that the fluorescent ones are just like the normal ones we think of, like a fluorescent light bulb. Like with the filament that lights up and heats yeah, up and yeah. Yeah. Yep. So apparently, yeah, a lot of the older models of airplanes use fluorescent light bulbs and um, that's not so good for your circadian rhythm. You know, you know, like, uh, what do they call it on the iPhone um, night night shift or the... Yeah, the, with, yeah like the... They decrease the blue light coming in. Blue light, yeah. Does that have anything to do with fluorescent lighting? I don't know if fluorescent. Well, I don't know. I think I have no idea. I think Be- because I think I think in the iPhone's case that it has to do more with the the emission of blue light from your screen rather than the type of light. Okay. Okay. Well, I guess regardless of what what's going on there, like scientifically, blue light and fluorescent lights both impact your circadian rhythm which if you're not familiar that's just like your your natural sleep cycle so being exposed to this type of light prior to bedtime is a bad idea so if you're sitting in bed on your phone late at night or sitting watching tv late at night that's going to screw up your your sleep schedule so uh, i guess this this article is telling you to uh, limit that exposure to fluorescent light but the problem is you can easily put your cell phone in your pocket. Well, maybe not so easily, but you could put your cell phone in your pocket and not look at the light on the plane. How do you combat that on a plane, though? Yeah, so I think the the plane manufacturers are actually doing this to combat that. So, because um, I feel like the newer planes... Have you flown in the Dreamliner yet? No, 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 not yet. Well, you're missing out. You travel the world and you don't have even flown in the newest plane. <laughs> Unless they're on a what budget. What kind of traveler are you? Unless they're on a budget airliner, I'm probably not going to fly a Dreamliner. That's a good point. <laughs> Dreamliners are probably not going to be on a budget route. Right, right. Um, anyways, so the, the new Dreamliners made by Boeing, they're like this Boeing 787, uh, 787s. Um, they're kind of, they, they have built in technology to to kind of do that because like so they have like what they call mood lighting and stuff like that Mm. and so sometimes they'll have lighting that simulates the sunset and the sunrise don't get me because i don't know how they just do and so i feel like there's been a push um kind of away from fluorescence to leds which probably could be even worse for you honestly because those things those things last uh forever and they are super bright um but i think the plane like the manufacturers they know this they know that the lighting and they want their passengers to feel refreshed when they get to their location um and so i think they're actually building a lot of mechanisms to try to combat probably possibly like this fluorescent lighting and what i'll say is like when i flew from london to baltimore we took a dreamliner back home and i specifically did that because um i wanted to fly in this plane and what i'll say is that when the flight was long the flight was like eight or nine hours from london to baltimore but it was probably like i've never come off the plane a plane feeling like refreshed whoa like ever wow and the dream like i the dreamliner like actually was like a good it was like a solid smooth ride um the air quality is really good the temperature was fine i mean you're that's hard to control 
Um, but like, I, I didn't feel like I traveled like for nine hours. I just felt like I got into a plane, sat down, fell asleep, you know, did all that stunk, stunk <laughs> stuff. <laughs> and then, um, and then I just got off. Like it was, there didn't, there didn't feel, it didn't feel taxing on my body. And maybe that's because of the lighting system that they had or possibly just like the air quality, you know, it's just different stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure the technology that they're putting into it has something to do with it for sure. So that's really cool to hear that experience. Um, but so blocking fluorescent, I believe it. Um, but I think that's probably going to get better. I think that's what my kind of key takeaway is. What about you? For sure. Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. I'm, I'm a big believer in like blocking out the, the blue light on your phone and wearing the glasses and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, let's, let's say good thumbs up for this one. Okay. Uh, we are starting to get low in time. So let's, let's start moving this. Stop letting me digress. Tony. It's okay. We like, we stop letting me digressions. The stories add so much value, but I will do my best. Okay. Next one. Okay. Vitamin D. Yes. Vitamin D. Why vitamin D? What is vitamin D? Vitamin D. Uh, I don't know, but I know the sun gives it to you. Yeah. So you can't produce vitamin D natural. Well, you can, but you need the UV light from the sun to actually activate the vitamin D, uh, synthesis process in your body. So you need vitamin D. And if you don't get it from the sun, you could take a supplement or you get it naturally through your food. Uh, I was always kind of skeptical about the supplements. I find that supp supplements, they probably work, but I don't think they're as efficient as kind of the normal way. So mm -hmm. I think just going outside is probably better than taking a supplement. Or yeah, trying sure. to at least. For sure. And I think the, the punchline here for this hack is to um, just expose yourself to sunlight because you are uh, going to be in a plane without that direct exposure to sunlight for potentially a good amount of time. So uh, I guess prior to and upon arrival to get outside and just sit under the sun 10, 15 minutes, get your D. You know, I didn't think about that. I think that's actually a good, that, that could be real. Yeah. 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 Just because you are, you are essentially in a tube for, I don't know, whatever, however long. And a lot of people don't open their windows. And if they do open it, it's not like the same as just standing outside, you know? So, yeah. I mean, and they're clothed too. Like if a plane was cold, they're in a blanket and stuff like that. Yeah. I think, I think that one's real actually. For sure. Yeah. That, that could be, that could be helpful. Agreed. Okay, cool. Moving right along. Oh, so, so, so going on a digression. Oh, so we, wait, have, whoa, whoa, whoa. we both knew. So I'm, Are you? I'm not going to drop. I'm not going to drop names. I wasn't talking about the names. Knew someone. I was talking about the. I'm not going to say digression. I'm supposed to stop you. We're talking. No, 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 no. no. This is funny. <laughs> okay. So, 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 we had a friend in college. Okay, and this person had a vitamin D deficiency, so she actually was able to go tanning. Oh, damn. I said she, she was actually <laughs> able to go tanning, uh, and actually have paid for through her medical insurance because it was, she had a, uh, vitamin D deficiency. I mean, guys wouldn't go tanning also just have a why. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like that was really interesting. That is interesting. I did, she, but she, she was able to have it paid for by the insurance company. I didn't realize that part of it. That's really cool. Yeah. Okay. And that's it. Okay. okay next. Digression over. Moving on. No names named. <laughs> Number, what is this, six, is getting grounded. Okay, getting grounded. Yeah. This is a weird one, too. Getting grounded means to walk outside barefoot on the grass when you get to your destination city. 
I disagree with that entirely. Move on. <laughs> I agree. I don't see the science. Uh, numbers. I don't understand. Yeah, we're just going to skip that one. Number seven is maintain your supplements and exercise. Now, we already know that Mark does not believe in supplements. So let's just say maintain your exercise regimen. Do the same as you normally I, would. I agree with this one. This one actually makes sense to me because when you're working out, um, you're actually like doing a lot for your body. And I mean, you just, you feel better. And when you're sitting down, it's not the best thing you do. But I don't, what I don't understand is how are you supposed to maintain your daily exercise on like an airplane? So, so I think he's saying in the article is to, if you regularly exercise, keep doing that up until your flight and then keep doing that after your flight. If you don't regularly exercise, don't exercise before your flight and don't exercise after your flight. He's not saying to exercise. He's just saying do what you normally do. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, I disagree with that too. Like, I think, <laughs> I think like if you're going to, like my end game is always to fall asleep on an airplane. And if you do like 20 jumping jacks and that's going to make you fall asleep, then just do it. Yeah. No, I agree with you, Mark. I think um, getting some type of workout in before a wor- uh, a flight is really, really good for you because you're going to be so sedentary for the next 10, 11, 12, 20 hours. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, okay. And finally, number eight, I have no clue what this is. GABA, G-A-B-A. It's an acronym, a supplement. So it stands for gamma aminobutric acid. <laughs> gamma amino butyric acid butyric acid okay there's i guess it's different when you read this stuff like 24 oh my god yeah it is do you know what that is dr fink uh well i do know it's a neurotransmitter i don't know the actual functions of it um it looks like it it helps you relax your body uh your body relax and adapt um but i don't know why i i I've heard of GABA before, um, and I don't remember the actual mechanisms of it or like what's it, what actually does. Um, but it, it is a neurotransmitter. So like you can always think of neurotransmitter as like serotonin is a neurotransmitter, mm-hmm. um, acetylcholine. Some people have heard about that. Uh, taking a GABA supplement. See, here's the thing. So, so neuro, your body's pretty good at balancing and that's the main thing. Like, your your body's really good at compensating, and so this article recommends to take a GABA supplement, which may may help you, you know, in the in the short term. Uh, but if your if your body's detecting, it, so a is the supplement able to even reach your bloodstream or whatever, where it can take effect? Um, that's the first question. Second question is. Does your body respond to this GABA the same way it would with normal GABA? That's the second question. The third question, if it does respond, is your body going to compensate? And so if it decreases, like if it detects all this GABA and it's just at one time, it'll decrease the synthesis of its normal GABA and then you're screwed like, I don't know, 10 days later. Yeah. Like So there's like, I guess there's costs and benefits and I don't know if I necessarily agree with this one. But that being said, sure, why not? Take a pill, see what happens. <laughs> okay. Coming from a doctor, of course. Um, I, I would I would disagree with this one just because it, you're not kind of like along the same lines of what you're saying. You're not normally used to taking this supplement. Uh, why Why would you take it now? And I'm, I'm, I'm like anti-pill all, all around, unless it's for like extreme medical purposes. Same thing with like sleeping 
pills on a plane like an Ambien. Um, do you do you ever do that? It's like a not, that's not part of the list, but like sleeping. I'm pills. not. I am not. Well, so so Ambien, I is a prescribed medicine, Tony. So you cannot take an Ambien unless you're prescribed for it. So we do not condone on the 4501 podcast the use of illegal drugs because if you don't have a script, it's illegal. What I will say is that I've never taken a sleeping aid like Unisom or something like that mm. or Benadryl or whatever. So that's what you're going for. Not not an Ambien. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, maybe it was in the comments section. Somebody somebody mentioned Ambien. That's the only reason I brought it up. But no, I agree. Yeah, so that, that, the Ambien's prescribed. So let's be clear about that. So like, if, But if you, there are sleep aids, right? So like Unisom is, is a sleeping aid that helps you fall asleep. Um, even like allergy medication like Zyrtec or sometimes, what's that C1? Claritin. Sometimes Claritin or Zyrtec can make people sleepy too. Mm, okay. Um, it just depends. And I have never taken those pills um, on a plane and maybe I should. <laughs> so The problem gonna... is you just feel, re- the problem is you like even taking those pills like at home um, for like allergy and stuff when you do start to fall asleep. When you fall asleep, when you wake up, you feel terrible. Yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't know, but I agree. I, I, I'm going to say no for those. You're saying maybe? So, <laughs> wait. So, we're talking about the GABA supplement. Going back to the GABA supplement, uh, I don't think you should take it. I don't... Well, I, I think you can take it, but I don't know if it's going to work. I think that's the main crux of the situation. Okay, okay. And sleeping pills for you, yay or nay? Um. Yeah, I say why not. I think the problem though is you just got to make sure you're properly hydrated going into it because i do think that these sleep aids are dehydrators yeah yeah i'm sure okay do you have any other hacks about jet lag that you want to mention at this point um i don't know maybe maybe i think taking honestly i think one of the biggest things is making sure you're on a newer plane i think that's like kind of the main factor of all of these hacks like if you're on a nice plane a newer plane you're gonna feel better coming off of it and i think that's what i come like the vitamin d is legit like adapting times to to your local time your travel time zone is legit um staying hydrated that's legit too but i would say like overall like if you're on a a nicer plane or near plane, they, they are building stuff to help not get jet lag. I think that's, that's kind of like the, my over prevailing idea behind this list. That's an awesome way to, to combine tech and travel into, to this episode. Technology on planes helps you travel better, eliminate jet lag. Yep. And they're just cooler planes. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> well, one day when you fly Emirates first class, come, come, uh, come, come back and talk to us about your experience on Emirates first class. Oh, you better believe I will. Anyways, uh, what are your, what are your thoughts on this? And then, then you can script the ending. Talk to us about your thoughts about this list. Yeah. yeah. Um, pretty much the same thing that you said. Um, hydration, uh, not, we're not going to fast or anything. The fluorescent lights, really good idea. Vitamin D, all that stuff and adapting to the time zone schedule. I think for me is the most important thing, uh, as soon as possible. If you can leading up to it, try to go to bed a little early or stay up a little later depending on if you're going East or West, whatever. I think that's the biggest one for me. Well, uh, if you have any thoughts about this list or if we're wrong, or if there's a better reason to, do the things that we disagree with. Let us know at the 451 podcast on Twitter 
or send us an email at the 45 podcast at gmail.com because Tony wants to hear your, uh, read your lovely emails. I do. And if you send us something, we will surely mention it on the next episode. So there's some motivation. Anyways, uh, Tony, please take us out without screwing it up. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to this week's episode. We will see you next time. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode. Please follow us on Twitter at the 4501 Podcast to keep up with the latest news and events. If you have any suggestions for episodes or would like to contact us, shoot us an email at the 4501 podcast at gmail.com.